And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is my podcast. All right, people. So, topic of discussion at hand. This was a requested topic, so I'll dive into it. Uh, topic is fat. So, fat referring to the, if we'd say the fatty acid molecule that we all know and love. We eat it. It's on our bodies. Let's talk about fat. So, how should I start this? What, what, what is fat? What exactly are we talking about when we say fat? So hopefully you know that they are different kinds of macronutrients. You have carbs, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. And fats are a triglyceride. So it's three fatty acid molecules attached to, attached to a glycerol molecule. So fats are distinct from protein and carbohydrates. Fats, they have there are nine calories per gram of fat. Fat essentially contains more bound energy than protein and carbs. And you need fat to live. Fat is a an essential nutrient. There's argument over whether your body truly needs carbohydrates in quotes. Um, and a human body does not need carbohydrates to live, but definitely there can be some negative health ramifications if you don't have carbs. But for fat, though, you absolutely, 100%, unequivocally, need dietary fat in your diet, and you need fat on your body. Uh, you cannot, you would not survive, you would die if you had no body fat at all. Body fat does a lot of things. And the misconceptions surrounding fat are immense. Uh, you know, fat doesn't make you fat. That's, I know it's a very popular term. This is a fattening food. Fattening foods are high-calorie foods that put you into caloric excess. Fat by itself is not universally bad for you. Hopefully, we're over the fat scare of the 1980s. Um, that's been essentially just debunked over and over again by at this point. But dietary fat is crucial for health. You need some fat in your diet. You don't need a ton of fat, maybe, but you do need some fat in your diet for healthy metabolic function. That has to happen. So, fat. Where do we get from? Pretty much all foods contain some form of fat. Um, well, not all foods, but a, v- a very large majority of them. If you're eating, uh, you know, protein obviously from animals, there's fat in that. Sometimes very significant amounts. So animal protein, animal fat. Uh, some types of vegetables even have fat. Avocados being a notable example of that. Seeds contain fat. Seeds are extremely healthy for you uh, relative to the phytonutrients they have. The unique plant nutrients that are really excellent for health across a broad spectrum. Obviously, nuts contain some fat. Even legumes, beans can have a little bit of fat in them. So fats, you know, it's, it, fat is found in nature, let's say it that way. It's not as if it's unique to human beings, to homo sapiens, that we have fat in our diet um, or on our bodies. All animals have body fat. All animals consume fat in some fashion. Even plants have some measure of fat in them. So fat's very compatible with good health, shall we say. What is fat for? Um, Let's kind of run through that. What what do we need fat for? So the most predominant thing, the primary thing, would be it's a source of energy. Like I said before, fat contains a lot of bound up molecular energy, a lot of carbon. Your body uses fat. Your body needs fat to create and synthesize nutrients, to transport nutrients. Your, Your body needs fat for pretty much all the life functions, you know, the whole cascade I always talk about, like the, you know, the one billion processes that go on your body at any given time, your body needs fat for all of that. You, you need it. So you also need fat for uh, 
fat storage. Uh, you could say energy storage. So storing body fat, this is, you know, storing body fat is a natural thing. That it's, an, it's a natural process that your body undertakes to support its health. There's nothing wrong with storing body fat. There's nothing, like I said, unnatural about, oh, I eat too much, I gain weight. That's supposed to happen. You have to keep in mind that for most of evolutionary history, for most of biological history, human beings did not live in a calorie-abundant environment. We didn't. In the past, essentially, 100 years, we now live in an environment where food is readily accessible, accessible to us. We have very cheap sources of calories. But this was not the case for most of human history. For most of human history, for 99% of it, food was scarce. Food was you ate good during certain times of the year and you ate light during other times. Food was that you ate as much as you could because you might not have a guaranteed next meal. And all organisms that require all organisms require energy to run and sustain themselves. That's basic biological systemology. All living things require energy. All living things will find some way to store energy to keep themselves alive when energy is scarce. So storing body fat is very, like I said, it's, it's not that it's very natural. It's, it's a fundamental, essentially, order of the universe. There is nothing that's alive that doesn't store energy in some fashion. Everything needs energy to live. That, that is basic as it gets. So your body stores body fat. If you don't have you know, appropriate body fat stores, your health will be dramatically affected. Uh, I've seen this happen very oftentimes in bodybuilding competitors, so natural bodybuilders, guys that don't use steroids. If you, like if this happened to me recently, I was dieting for a period of time, and I didn't get freaky lean to get on stage. I was probably about, you know, let's say four or six weeks out from the contest, but I was dieting, 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 and I dropped, you know, about like a, you know, in, in about eight weeks, I dropped about 14, 15 pounds, which is a fair amount of weight, and I, my, I did not feel right. My energy was super low. I had brain fog. Um, my libido took a hit. Why did that happen? Because my body fat went down. My body fat went down to lower levels, and at a certain point, like it, I looked good in pictures. I was like, wow, you look great in pictures. Day-to-day, health-wise, I didn't feel good at all. I felt like shit. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm a natural guy. I've never taken any anabolic hormones, but that's very common with, uh, with pretty much all natural bodybuilding competitors, women too that do bikini con- competitions or physique competitions, when your body fat gets to a certain level where it's it's low and it's essentially too low to be in good health, your entire metabolism degrades. Your, your hair health, your skin health, your nail health, your joints don't feel right, your cognitive thinking, you know, t- uh, your, your cognitive focus, you know, essentially goes down. Fat is used in, in neural... Uh, Fat is used basically like an in neural production. Fat, so fat, fats are used. They are a part of what's called myelin. It's a fatty material that wraps around nerve cells um, throughout the whole body and in the brain as well. Fatty acids are also used you know, in, in neural synapses. Fatty acids are used essentially like in your whole, let's call it the mental you know, brain cascade of you know, all these neurons firing back and forth. If you're eating a super low-fat diet and you're dieting for long periods of time, there's a reason people feel tired and fatigued. I can't think. You don't have enough fat. You're not consuming enough fat. You don't have enough fat on your body. Um, so you know, fat, fats are essential. You know, like you've, maybe you've heard the term essential fatty acids. Fats are essential for health. They're essential for muscle growth, cellular membranes. Every every cell on your body that has a membrane, which is all of them. So the actual structure again of eukaryotic cells of the human body. What do you think it's made out of? It's made out of fat. It's made out of fatty acids. You need fatty acids for all of your cells in your body, all of them, your skin, 
your muscles, veins, arteries, ligaments, tendons, all those things contain fat in some form or another. So again, emphasizing this point, you know, the demonization of fat or people don't, don't like the fat in their body. You know, if you're overweight, that's a different situation. There is obviously such a thing as having excess body fat, and that does impede health in many different ways. But from a healthy body weight standpoint, it's normal to have some body fat. It's normal you know, that people are not going to be super freakishly lean walking around. Part of the issues that surround bodybuilding, and I realize people's expectation, men and women, I think especially women, is that there's this expectation that you somehow don't have any fat at all. That you know, the, but the bodybuilders or what you may perhaps you've seen magazines or even in films, that people just look that way all the time. They don't. Unless you are an extreme outlier of a human being, you don't. I've, for my female clients for years, I've, I've, you know, I won't say fought with them, but I've had these back and forth discussions where, you know, every little, you know, ounce of fat in their body, you know, inner thighs, my inner thighs are soft. They're, they're supposed to be. You, you need that for estrogen production. You need that for me, your menstrual cycle. You know, or like the, what's the term? It's a like the, the banana roll you know, underneath the, the buttocks, where like there's this, you know, area of fat underneath the glutes, and women won't like it. That's supposed to be there. You know, that, that, like that fat is probably, that fat is literally integrated with like your gluteal tendons. If you try and strip that out, you could literally damage your ability to walk. Also, you know, again, not even discussing your menstrual cycle, your, your you know, menstrual cycle, your estrogen, progenolone, progesterone. You need that fat for your metabolism to operate properly. Um, could you have too much, you know, belly fat? Yeah, maybe. Sure. A lot, lots of people do. Lots of people are overweight. If you're a normal, healthy, body weight female, you know maybe you're skinny fat. Your issue is not that you probably have too much fat. You, it's, just, it's that you don't have enough muscle, and your body's supposed to have softness to it. S- same thing for guys as well. Obviously, men's body fat levels are about half that as women, but for men too, it's not realistic to think that you're going to have an eight pack, you know, year round. That you're going to have ripped abs all the time. That you're going to be cut looking. You know, and again, you know whether you're skinny fat or whether you're just untrained, you're not going to be cut, if you have nothing to cut in the first place, you know, the, probably 99% of people's body issues of, you know, them wishing their body looks better, you know, by my, you know, rough estimation, it's a lack of muscularity. It's a lack of lean body mass that gives the body form and shape and firmness. And henceforth, your body, yes, it's going to be soft and untoned. So fat, you need it. It does all these things. Um, like I said, proper functioning, you know, of really your nerves and your brain. I really can't emphasize that enough. Uh, just because, you know, low fat diets or no fat diets, I've, I've had that question asked to me, like, well, if I just don't eat any fat, uh, you, you're going to crash within a week. You can get away with it for a little bit. You know, you don't have any fat at all. But like I said, you, you need, you literally need fat for your nerves around, you know, within your entire skeleton, within your entire physique. Every nerve you have has a little fatty layer that goes around it. Um, you know, if that gets damaged or, you know, you're fat deficient, there's a reason, like I said, people don't feel right when they have a really, really low fat diet. Your brain kind of runs on fat too. I'm not going to talk about ketones in this podcast, which that'd be a different podcast, but your brain uses fat for energy. It does. Your brain uses glucose for energy. also uses fat for energy. Uh, you need fat for, you know, to, to think right. <laughs> I don't know how much more simple I can make that. Skin too. Um, skin too. That's another thing where I'm just thinking now about you know, female competitors I've seen trying to do physique competitions and their skin gets really bad. And you see that also with bodybuilders. It's very common with um, professional bodybuilders. Like, you know, I'm talking guys that take steroids. Um, 
it's it's a, it's common for guys that are let's just say IFBB pros that use anabolics. They'll have very low fat diets, and they can get away with it because they're injecting exogenous you know external hormones into their body. So in a way, they don't need to have the same level of fat intake because they're you know basically putting pumping pumping the hormones in themselves that their body would otherwise make. But you see this with bodybuilders a lot, and maybe you don't know any bodybuilders. I, I've known tons. Bodybuilders tend to have really bad looking skin, like they're very leathery. Uh, you know, they break out a lot, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of like a stereotype, like the bodybuilder with like, it's got zits and, you know, back knee all over them. And part of that's because their body's making too much, uh, you know, a body oil, you know, or like, you know, oil production on the skin. But part of it too is just a lack, lack of healthy fat intake. You know, bodybuilders can look impressive, but they can have horribly unhealthy diets. And it, again, when you're not having healthy essential fatty acids in your diet, certain things will suffer. Same thing with hair too. You see a lot of bodybuilders, they go bald, they get this very like kind of weird, thick, sparse hair. Um, I, I mean thick in regards to like the, the look of the hair just kind of has an odd look to it. You know, why does it happen? Yeah, you know, part of it's, again, lack of healthy fats in the diet, along with, you know, the other things you're doing to themselves. So you need fats. You need fats. You need fats for what else? You need fats for uh, nutrient production, or I mean, not just nutrient production, but also transporting vitamins. So you have things called a, so fat-soluble vitamins, meaning vitamins that need to be in the presence of fat, that need to be digested with fat to be properly absorbed. Um, off the top of my head, I think there's four, probably more. Vitamin A, uh, vitamin D. Vitamin D is a hormone. You need vitamin D crucially. Vitamin E, vitamin K. That's one a lot of people are deficient in don't realize it. You need vitamin K. So you need fat to absorb those vitamins. And you know, I said this before too, but you also need fat for um, your immune system, in fact, steroid hormones. So uh, that's you know, that's too many to list, but your your immune system and your body's ability to heal itself is highly dependent upon normal fatty acid ingestion. You need healthy fat in your diet. So uh, I, th- I think I covered most of the relevant things. But you know, where where do you get fat? What, what are healthy fat sources? Well, I talked about you know animal fat. Talked about plant fat. Fat fats are. There is some variety to them. You have saturated fat. You have unsaturated fat. You have mono um, unsaturated fat. You have trans fat. You have polyunsaturated fat. You know what's healthy, what's not. To to give an overview, uh, I'll put it this way: the, the healthiest fats are going to come from plants. So olive oil, uh, nuts, seeds. You know the veggies that do contain fat. Those are generally regarded as the healthiest fats. The next level of healthy fats come from, you know, I'd say, dairy. And, and don't rank these as like, oh, well, plant fats are way better than dairy fats. I'm just saying, you know, relative to the overall body of evidence, having healthy sources of, of plant fat, you know, seed fat, legumes, that seems to be very good for overall health. So then you have dairy fats, you know, natural dairy. You know, unfortunately, we don't, we don't have raw dairy, obviously, in this country, but stuff like yogurt, stuff like milk, stuff like cheese. There's healthy fat in that. A lot of it's saturated fat, but your body needs some saturated fat. And then you also have, obviously, animal protein. Your body definitely can use fat from animal protein. That's extremely healthy. Seafood seems to be healthier than red meat. Um, I got the you know, question the other day you know, in regards to uh, you know, red meat, how healthy is red meat. Sorry to say, guys, um, how do I put this in a way with context? Red meat is not bad for you automatically, but... Too much of it does seem to cause health issues. And I love red meat. I've eaten a lot of it. I know a lot of people have attachments to eating red meat and you know, maybe a paleo diet and you were you believe that you can eat unlimited amounts of red meat. 
There's been a lot of studies done on this, a lot, a lot, a lot of research, a ton of research actually, in regards to red meat consumption. Overall, people that eat more red meat, like more than a serving, more than one serving a day, seem to get cancer more often, seem to get more colon cancer, seem to not live as long. Mortality goes up, cancer incident, uh, rate of cancer incident incidences go up. Incidence, incidence is is that even a word. Rate of cancer incidence goes up. So red meat, I'm not saying don't eat it, but you should probably limit your intake to maybe you know like no more than once a day, maybe no more than a few times a week. I'd, I'd really rather, you know, I'd suggest going more with dairy protein, seafood protein, you know, even poultry. Red meat, though, there's a lot of red meat. It tends to be high in saturated fat, and, you know, for other reasons, doesn't look to be the absolute supreme source, so to speak, necessarily, for all of your protein needs. But obviously, so we have all these fat sources. Um, your body, like I said, your body needs all of them. I don't know if it's really useful to dive into every single different kind your body needs saturated fat. Your body needs monounsaturated fat. Different fats get stored in different ways. One thing to note that I do think is very relevant, there's two, two, well, two things, omega-3s, omega-6s, and then also trans fats. So some fats are anti-inflammatory, depending on their structure. Some fats are pro-inflammatory. Omega-6 and omega-9 fats too, in fact, they are inflammatory fats for the body. So vegetable oil is actually infamous for this. Uh, vegetable oil and corn oil, you know, those two oils especially, especially vegetable oil, they're essentially very unnatural fats. Um, it's basically a form of, you know, almost a form of trans fat. They're sometimes called PUFAs, um, you know, polyunsaturated fatty acids. Those seem to cause a lot of inflammation in the body. So I don't suggest eating vegetable oil or corn oil. I would not consider those to be like places to get your fat sources from ever. So that's a big misconception that, oh, vegetable oil is good for you. Vegetable oil is not good for you. Vegetable oil is highly inflammatory. It's all omega-6s, omega-9s. It's it's not a good source of fat. So you want omega-3s. Omega-3s oftentimes found in oily fish. Um, can also be found like in avocados. I think also actually in coconut oil. Coconut oil is actually a very good source of fat. Um, and palm oil. Don't go crazy with them, but they are healthy sources of fat. So, you know, but, um, grass-fed butter too. So you want to have a good balance of omega-3s in your diet compared to omega-6s. For a lot of people that eat a very processed food diet, they tend to have a lot of inflammatory fat, omega-6s and 9s, not 3s. The other thing to mention with trans fat. So trans fats are artificially created fats through a process called hydrogenation. Uh, they work well in baked goods, and they're found in a lot of processed foods because they bind things very well, and they add some flavor, but they get stored very readily in the body, and when they get stored, they don't really seem to go away. Um, I, I, I read research on this years and years and years back, so don't quote me. I, I could totally be screwing this up. It was in regards to trans fat storage, and if I remember this correctly, which I'm pretty sure that I do, it, basically, the gist of this of this research was that trans fats are preferentially stored as visceral body fat. So when you eat a diet high in trans fats, you're more likely to gain visceral fat storage around your organs, which visceral fat storage, the, the fat stored in, within your body's cavity and, and around your organs, your, you know, your heart and all that, that's not the kind of fat that you want. That's the kind of fat that leads to health issues. Subcutaneous fat is healthier that's fat that's stored under the skin. That's normal. You need subcutaneous fat. 
But visceral fat storage, you generally don't really want too much of that. And trans fats, again, if I'm remembering correctly, they preferentially get stored as visceral fat. So you don't want to be eating trans fats in your diet, really at all. Trans fats are found you know, in natural amounts and small amounts of milk, beef. Um, they can be a lot in cheese. There's different kinds of trans fats too. But overall, you, know, you don't want to be consuming trans fats on a regular basis. So all, all these things said, is there a diet that is uh, healthiest in regards to fat? There is. There is. And the research, uh, the body of evidence on this is actually pretty unanimous. The, the healthiest diet in regards to just overall longevity, overall health, seems to be at this time the Mediterranean diet. And what is the Mediterranean diet? Well, the Mediterranean diet is characterized as being a moderate mixed diet of carbohydrates, protein, fat, you know, about 33, 33, 33. It's, it's pretty balanced between the three macronutrients. Mediterranean diet is characterized by eating a lot of plants, a lot of healthy plant sources of fat, a lot of seeds, some nuts, healthy amounts of dairy. Mediterranean diet is moderate protein, mostly from seafood, some from poultry, very limited amount of red meat, um, if at all. Mediterranean diet, too, is also characterized by a lot of olive oil, especially you know, in the Mediterranean, island of Sardinia, blue zone population where people would be 100. A lot of olive oil consumption, monounsaturated fat, very good for health, very good for hormone production. This is very good for you overall. You combine that with the, health, with the, the fat in the diet from the seafood, the fat in the diet from the dairy, the fat in the diet from you know, like the nut seeds, and you end up with a very, very overall healthy diet. Yeah, and I, I actually have a post about this or an email about this going out, I think, tomorrow on the Mediterranean diet. And it's just, you know, it's one of those situations where Mediterranean diet, you know, there's been a lot of different dietary modes studied. If you look at the Mediterranean diet and its macronutrient breakdown, you look at the eating habits of the people that do consume that diet, you compare that to other blue zone populations. I said this in my email, pretty much all blue zone populations in the world, they all eat a version of the Mediterranean diet. Plant-based diet, Healthy plant and fat sources, moderate protein, moderate amounts of carbs, eating three times a day, whole food, not a lot of red meat, if at all. You know, some, a lot of them you know, do drink wine, um, tea, coffee as well. But that Mediterranean-style diet, it just it keeps showing up over and over and over again as being you know, cardiovascularly, physiologically, the pretty much the, in quotes, best diet, as I often say, in quotes, the best diet that you could follow if you want overall health. And that doesn't mean that you try to adhere to it dogmatically or that there's a ultimate version of it. You're going to have to experiment a bit and, you know, figure out what works for yourself. But it's a very good starting point in regards to overall eating and especially in regards to healthy fat intake. So I think I covered a lot of which I intend to cover. Where to take the podcast from here? I kind of talked to myself out on this fat subject. Um, oh, you know, I, I know what I was going to mention. So... Related topic, um, liposuction. So we're talking about fat. Let's talk about liposuction. This just happened this morning, so I, I, don't, I can't really quote this you know, from memory so well. I just was reading it. Um, there's a long article, so it's a lot to try and you know, take in and put out. But liposuction. So I'm, I am a professor. I'm not an expert in liposuction. Liposuction, I'm not a surgeon, so I can't attest to you know, whether how accurate this truly is. But I read this very excellent research review posted on Rogue Health and Fitness by a Dennis Manigan. By Dennis Manigan, I'm sorry. Yeah, Manigan, not Manigan. By Dennis Manigan. And this research review in liposuction basically talked about the 
invasiveness of the procedure, the negative health ramifications, the disruption of homeostasis in the body, the trauma to the tissues, the you know the metabolic syndrome that can develop, the retarded healing process. And it, it was a crazy research review. I mean, it, this thing was probably about 40 pages in length. I read all of it this morning. It's so much to try to talk about. I mean, it could be a podcast to itself, but if you're someone where, you know, you have body fat and you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to get lipo and suction the fat off. You know, based on what I read and like, it, it was not fraudulent information. It was very comprehensive based, you know, based on this review of liposuction as a medical procedure, I would strongly suggest against it. it liposuction looks, looks to be very severely damaging to the body in a lot of different ways. And I, to put this in perspective, when you, when you talk about suction, suctioning, you know, cutting fat off the body, your, your body is not this a mechanical structure where you can just clip pieces off it and it heals and it goes to normal. Your body has a level of homeostasis. You know, everything's kind of in balance. You know, even if it's out of balance and you're overweight, there still is a balance to it. Your skin depends on fat, the fat cells underneath it for its natural elasticity. Your muscles de- depend on the you know, the subcutaneous fat and skin above them for, you know, essentially like formology, you could say. I just made up a word there. But when you suction all these this fat off your body, you're trying to cut off chunks, the chance for air is extremely high. And, you know, in reviewing these liposuction procedures, I realized there's no standardized procedure for liposuction. There's not. There's a lot of experimentation. A lot of it's based on just what the plastic surgeon decides he's going to do. Um, you know, there's, there's no standard protocols for this. These treatments are not reviewed truly by any uh, like true governing body. There's no board or anything that, you know, there's no board that reports on liposuction gone wrong. And if you really dive into it, there's a lot of liposuction that goes wrong and the effects on health, on aesthetics, on you know, quality of life, or, I mean, they're dramatic and it's, it's bad stuff. So I'm, I'm going to post the review. I'm going to get Dennis's permission and post the review on my website. I think it'd be really useful for people to read. But for those who are still listening, and you know, maybe you have someone, maybe yourself or someone you know, they're thinking almost get liposuction. Don't. I, I would really, 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 really strongly advise doing that, especially, especially if you've not attempted to lose body fat through diet and exercise. And if you know, if you are going to get liposuction, you know somebody that is. I mean, really. You know, re- read re- read what I post. Think hard about it. Um, I promise it'll be up on the website today after or today uh, tomorrow. I'll have to post it to me today or tomorrow to get Dennis's permission. I'll post it up. You know, you know, read it like read it thoroughly, guys. Don't skip through it. But you know, consider these kinds of procedures with plastic surgery. You know, they're not natural procedures. Um, your body, when you've gained weight for years and years, and you got you know problem areas, you know, having someone stick a needle into you and then try to vacuum fat out. That's going to have traumatic consequences. It's probably not going to turn out how you want it to. In most cases, it looks like. So take stock of all this. Eat fat. Eat healthy sources of fat. Have some olive oil. Don't freak out if something has fat in it. It's supposed to. Your body's supposed to have fat on your body. Keep your body fat levels healthy. Keep your body composition in line. If you are skinny fat or you feel like you have little problem areas you don't like, gain some muscle, people. Now, the muscle solves for a lot of things. Gain some muscle. All this said, hopefully you guys found this informative, and I will talk to you guys again.